This is my Bible. It is the Word of God, and it is the will of God for my life. I am who the Word says I am. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm where the Word says I am, seated right now in Christ Jesus in the place of authority, dominion, and power. I have what the Word says I have. All the blessings of Abraham are mine, and I can do what the Word says I can do. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. Today my mind is alert. My spirit is receptive. So I'm taught the Word of God. My life is changed for the better, and I will never be the same again. Amen. Give five people a high five, and then you may be seated this morning. If you have a Bible, we'll start off in John chapter 4 again. And uh, this message came to me this week. The title is The Act of Faith. The Act of Faith. We're in this series on miracles of the New Testament. One of my fathers in the faith, Fred Price, taught us that when we read the Bible, we should look for patterns and principles. And he said, once you see a pattern, once you see a principle in the Word of God, you can implement that principle in your life to get results. And once you implement that principle in your own life and get an answer from God, in other words, you prove it out, well, then you can repeat that process over and over and over. Because God's Word is true. And because God's Word works for anyone who will take time to work the Word of God. So what we're doing in 2023 is we're walking through the miracles of the New Testament, looking for patterns and principles. If God's people could learn to look for and then apply the principles and patterns they see in the miracles, not just in the New Testament, but the miracles of the Bible, they could live their lives and hardly have an unmet need. In this series, Miracles of the New Testament, we will pause occasionally and not cover a specific miracle, but stop and reflect on a principle or pattern that precipitates miracles in the Bible. And that's what we're going to do today. The key verse in last Sunday's miracle, Jesus heals an official son at Capernaum in Galilee. That was miracle number two in the New Testament. The key verse was John 4, verse 50. The man took Jesus at his word and departed. And I want you to understand that this is not an easy thing. And I understand that. I do. I do. When I was a young man, I felt compelled to pray my best prayer on every occasion. But as I've grown in the Lord, I've gained confidence in my own words I've gained confidence in my own prayers. I remember once Sue brought a grandchild to me, and uh, I think she was a little disappointed. I said a handful of words, and that was it. It's not easy. He took Jesus at his word and departed because we want to do something else. 
We want to have a backup plan. We want to pray a great big long prayer. We want to have plan B, C, D, E, and F. But the man took Jesus at his word and departed. Now, this was not a child with a headache or a stubbed toe or the flu. This was a child who was near death. It took great faith for this man to do this. He took Jesus at his word and departed. And we pointed out what Peter said and did in Luke 5, 5 to precipitate his own miracle. The first miraculous catch of fish, Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. Oh my gosh, if only God's people could have because you say so faith. I've been doing this 49 and one half years and it is amazing. It's not amazing the resistance to the word of God we find among the lost. What is, re, what is amazing is the resistance to the word of God we find among believers. If only we could come to this kind of faith Peter had because you say so. Now, what did he mean when he said, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything, but because you say so. The way I read that, those couple of sentences is this way. Jesus, what you're telling me doesn't make any sense to my natural mind. But I'm not going to walk by my natural mind right here because I have a will. And I decide what to do with my own will and I'm going to just not do what my mind is telling me to do. I'm going to go with my spirit man and my spirit man hears the rhema Christos and what you're saying and I'm going to do it. Now, that's the way I see it. Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. My, 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 my. I've come across them by the tens of thousands in 49 and a half years, and they've worked, 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 and they don't have anything because they don't yet have the hand of God upon their lives. I'm not saying we shouldn't work, but I'm saying working has a whole different result when God goes to work with us. They, they weren't slackers. They weren't welfare people. They worked hard all night and they didn't catch anything. But you know what? They were fishing with human strength. And now because they have a rhema Christos, they have an opportunity again, once again. And because we are still here, that is your opportunity today. We have another opportunity. 2023 is a brand new opportunity to say, let's work with God. Let's cooperate. Let's see what God will do. And even when he gives me instructions by the written word of God or by the Holy Spirit of God that don't make any sense to my natural mind, maybe I've faltered in the past, maybe I've stumbled in the past, maybe I've gone by the mind. But 2023 is a brand new opportunity. Let us see what God will do.
Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything, but because you say so, I wish to God God's people would have because you say so faith. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. In both these instances and all through the Bible, miracles happen and answers come when people realize that they also have a part to play. In these two miracles and all through the Bible, miracles happen. And answers come when people realize they also have a part to play. Their part might be obedience to do what the man of God or the Holy Spirit says to do. Their part might be confession to say what the Word of God says about their situation. Or their part might be giving a seed faith offering. Because Jesus said in Matthew 17, 20, I tell you the truth, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. If you have faith as a seed, if you have faith as a seed, you can say. If you have faith as a seed, you can say to this mountain, listen, this generation is going to be judged harshly. They paid attention to these lockdown fanatics, paid attention to all of this hysteria, did all of this. One of the most famous pastors in America tweeted this week that he doesn't think he's going to get the fourth booster because after the third booster, he had three strokes. And I'm not talking about some nobody. I'm talking about somebody who's supposed to be baptized in the Holy Spirit of God. And Jesus, you have to understand now, it was a humbling of himself to even utter the words, I tell you the truth. What do we think, he's lying to us? So he actually humbled himself to them, and now 2,000 2, years later to all of us, to admonish us, I'm telling you the truth, as though he could lie. If only we had as much faith in God. If only we had as much faith in the Word of God as we do politicians and health experts. Yeah, he's shouting in my spirit, man, right now, have faith in God, have faith in God, have faith in God. There's nothing to lose having faith in God. I ain't had no three strokes. I ain't had no four shots. I, I didn't mask up. I didn't socially distance. I didn't do any of it, and I still ain't got it. I missed everything. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, if you're here this morning and you've been vaccinated, believe, have faith in God. If you're here this morning and you haven't been vaccinated, have faith in God. If you're here this morning and you're tall, have faith in God. If you're here this morning and you're bald, have faith in God. Do you understand how this works? If you're here this morning and you're not a squirrel or a muskrat, have faith in God. In other words, you're a human being, you're a believer, or maybe you ought to be, you're in church, have faith in God. Stop having faith in these political parties and uh, politicians 
And health experts and all of this have faith in God. Have faith in God, have faith in God, have faith in God. He said, if you have faith as a seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. I don't know about you, but I want that nothing impossible kind of faith. If you have faith as a seed or if you're believing becomes seed faith, no matter how small it seems to be, it will meet needs and problems that appear as impossible as mountains before you. This is because each act of faith planted, each act of faith is a seed planted and will be multiplied many times over. If a farmer has a tiny little mustard seed, it only remains small if he doesn't plant it. But if that farmer plants even the tiniest of seeds, it will grow into a, a plant or a tree or whatever, he, whatever seed he's sowing. As Pastor Sue says, when you give a thing to God, it never re remains small. The point is, the royal official in John 4, whose son lay at home dying, had a part to play. And he played his part. He took action on what Jesus said to do. In other words, he obeyed. Austin and I may very well be the only ministers in America today that use the word obey or obedience in our sermons. This is how far off course the church has gotten. And why is that so important? Because God has a part to play, but you and I also have a part to play. Say it out loud. God has a part to play, but I also have a part to play. The man took Jesus at his word and departed, and friends, there it is, and this is what we don't do. We want a show, or we want sympathy, or we want someone to come over to our house, or we want some other sign, or wonder, or miracle. This is January. Ministers all over are doing their 21-day Daniel fast. Number one, there's no such thing as a Daniel fast. If you actually read the book of Daniel, it was not a fast, it was a diet. So they could avoid food offered to idols in Babylon. Number two, I'm 67 years old and I have never one time heard one miracle, a story about one miracle that came through a prayer chain. I've never heard in my 67 years of one miracle that came through a Daniel fast. I've never heard about a miracle that came through an organized fast. I've never heard it one time. It's showmanship. And it robs God's people because it gets them convinced that if they could do something that's not in the Bible, they're going to get an answer and nobody's teaching them that if you want an answer, you're going to have to actually do something that's in the Bible. Are you hearing me this morning, church? If we had been the royal official, we might have wanted some extra special attention because we were a VIP, a very important person, but the anointing of God doesn't work like that. I said the anointing of God doesn't work like that. The man took Jesus at his word and departed. This is exactly what Peter did in Luke 5. He heard the word, he believed the word, and he acted on the word. This is exactly what the widow of Zarephath did in 1 Kings 17. She heard the word, she believed the word, 
and she acted on the word. This is exactly what Jehoshaphat did in 2 Chronicles 20. He heard the word, he believed the word, and he acted on the word. This is exactly what the 10 lepers did in Luke 17. They heard the word, they believed the word, and they acted on the word. It's all over the Bible. We hear, we believe, we confess, we take action. Jesus said it and the royal official did it. My life changed back at I-30 when this phrase from 1 Kings 17 first grabbed my attention. Speaking of the widow of Zarephath in 1 Kings 17 verses 15 and 16, she went away and did. As Elijah had told her, so there was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and her family. For the jar of flour was not used up and the jug of oil did not run dry in keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. She went away and did. And I've spent 49 and a half years trying to talk God's people into taking action on the word of God. She went away and did. Say it out loud. She went away and did. <coughs> Say it again. She went away and did. The royal official did what? He took Jesus at his word and departed. In other words, he went away and did. He went away and did. Now here in a little bit, we're going to lay hands on everybody who wants hands laid on them. If you don't want hands laid on you, then just stay where you are. Don't get in line. We're not concerned about it. We're not trying to make anybody do anything. I'm just trying to talk you into getting blessed. And that's great that we're here this morning. We worship God. We sing these songs. We give in the offering. We hear the word. We have a prayer line. We lay hands on everybody. That's all great. Glory. Praise God. But the more important thing nearly is for you to went away and did. See, what are you doing Monday? What are you doing Tuesday? What are you doing Wednesday? What are you doing Thursday? What are you doing Friday? What are you doing Saturday? She went away and did as Elijah had told her, so there was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and her family, for the jar of flour was not used up and the jug of oil did not run dry in keeping with the word of the Lord spoken through Elijah. In other words, the man spoke. He was anointed by God. He had it. I know people <laughs> can complain about this, but some have it and some don't. And if you're born again, and you have the Spirit of God on the inside of you, you ought to know the voice of Jesus or the voice of the Spirit when you hear it. A lot of times I'll stand out there and people come and tell me this and tell me that, and occasionally I hear the voice of God coming out of the mouths of the sheep. If you're born again and you have the Spirit of God inside you, you should know the voice of God. And it's not always some somebody. We used to go to San Francisco sometimes in January just to eat. Man, I, I, look, I don't look like I need that, do I? And uh, those days are gone forever. I'm not going back. Once they had to come out with an app telling you where all the human feces were in San Francisco, I thought, that's it. I'm done. I'm out. Amen. But I had, a, I had two routes that I used to walk. One was longer than the other, and I was on the long walk. And I get down to the Embarcadero, I think it's called, and I turn left there, and there was a homeless man sitting on a park bench. And I'm on this side of the street waiting for the light to change. He's on that side of the street, and I could smell him across the road. 
And so the light changed and I picked up my pace and I got to him and smiled at him. He smiled at me. I turned left and went on. I get about 25 paces and the Lord said, go back and give, give to him. Give him $20. So I reversed course. I went back. I pulled $20 out of my wallet. I gave him $20. And I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, I have no recollection of what that man said to me, but no man could have spoken the words to me that he spoke to me. It was not a man. It couldn't have been. Not to say what he said to me and to know things that he knew it was not a man. We, we have been visited on occasion by angels. We have been tested and too often we have been found wanting. We have fallen short. The key to everything is to do exactly what the written word of God says to do and then turn right around and do everything that we are led to do by the Holy Spirit of God. Well, pastor, how do I know that's the Holy Spirit of God? Compare it to the written word of God. So on that day, the Lord said, go back and give that man $20. Well, I know that that doesn't violate the word of God. The Bible talks about almsgiving in the New Testament. I just did, I did something that I felt in my spirit I'd heard from the Holy Spirit of God that lined up with the written word of God. And here I'm telling the story all these years later. How come you don't remember what he said to you? I don't know. It, it didn't seem all that important, but I knew because of the revelation in it, it wasn't a man. I wasn't talking to a man. The Holy Spirit's leading us and guiding us all the time. But are we following? Jesus said, the sheep know the shepherd's voice. The problem is not that we don't know the voice. The problem is we don't follow it. Now, I've been preaching the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ 49 and a half years, and I've come to believe that James 1.22 might be the most important verse in the New Testament ignored by believers. But be ye doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving your own self. See, when you don't take action on the written word of God, you're, you're not deceiving your neighbor. You're, de you're not deceiving God. You're deceiving yourself. The NIV says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. And Isaiah 119 might be the most important verse in the Old Testament ignored by believers. If ye be willing and obedient, ye shall eat the good of the land. I don't know about you. But I made up my mind a long time back that I, I wanted to eat the good of the land. And then I heard Kenneth Hagin, the one that went to be with the Lord in 2003, say, if it's the will of God that you eat the good of the land, it must be the will of God that you drive the best of the land. If it's the will of God that you eat the good of the land, it must be the will of God that you live in the best of the land. If it's the will of God that you eat the good of the land, it must be the will of God that you wear the good of the land. So I just believe God for all of it. I said, I just believe God for all of it. And in the Living Bible, it says, if you will only let me help you, if you will only obey. There's that word again. You know, people come here, they like this church, they like the parking lot, they like the building, they like the music, but they don't like that word obey. Well, I didn't write the Bible. Amen. I'm just, I'm just a messenger. He says, if you will only let me help you, if you will only obey, I will make you rich. But look at verses 19 and 20 in the New International Version. If you are willing and obedient, you will eat the best from the land. Shout it out loud five times, the best. The best, the best, the best, the best, the best. 
But if you resist and rebel, you'll be devoured by the sword, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Too many of God's people are being devoured by the enemy. But that is what Isaiah 120 tells us will happen if we don't take action on Isaiah 119. Be willing and obedient. If ye be willing and obedient, ye shall eat the good of the land. Be willing and obedient. Not just willing, obedient. Not just obedient, willing. Why do I say it that way? Because many of us grew up among people and they were obedient to the word of God, but they weren't willing. Rule makers and rule followers. You know, Kenneth Hagin, the one to be with the Lord in 2003, said, let's just go right down the middle of the road. Don't get in the ditch on the left and don't get in the ditch on the right. So you got these people and uh, it's all about the rules. And they can be very religious about being obedient. But they don't have willing hearts. So we have to live in both worlds simultaneously. We have to be obedient. We've got to be willing. We've got to be willing. We've got to be obedient. Kenneth Hagin used to tell the story about how that he, he had been on the road. He had left his church, his last church, and he went out on the road at the leading of the Holy Spirit of God. See, just because you follow God doesn't mean everything's going to work out. And after a year... He was broke, he was behind, his car was worn out. <clears throat> car had all these miles on it, he had four baldies. And he's driving down the road, he's got no more meetings lined up, he's driving down the road, he said the, the tire started singing. What are you gonna do now? And then the second tire joined in, what are you gonna do now? Then the third, because he had the windows down, you know, that was pre-air conditioning days, and, and Third, third tire joined in, what are you going to do now? And then the fourth tire joined in and they had a quartet. What are you going to do now? What are you going to do now? What are you going to do now? And he, he, he went home and he fasted and he said, Lord, he said, I know it was you. I know it was you to tell me to, to leave my last church. He said, and he had, he had all the accounting. If I had stayed at my last church, my income would have been higher. My, my parsonage would have been covered. People used to bring us groceries and he, he laid all this out before the Lord and he said, I obeyed you. Why aren't all my needs met? And it was brutal. And I heard this sermon. I thought, I, I don't ever want to hear that. It was brutal. The Lord said, well, he said, your problem is you don't practice what you preach. And he protested again. He said, but I obeyed you. I obeyed you. I obeyed you. He said, yeah. And he was, he was taking Isaiah 119 to the Lord. If you be willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. And I've obeyed you. I've obeyed you. I've obeyed you. And the Lord said, well, yeah, that's, that's, you know, you emphasize that obedience part, but you haven't been willing. Because see, in those days, among full gospel circles, anybody who had anything would have been highly criticized. T.L. Osborne told me that when he started, when he, when he first, he and Daisy drug him to a Billy Branham meeting and, and he got on to, he met F.F. Bosworth and got on to E.W. Kenyon. He said in those days he had to take a cover off another paperback book and wrap it around an E.W. Kenyon book so that other ministers would not know he was reading an E.W. Kenyon book. A lot of prejudice against 
being blessed. And the Lord said, yeah, that's your problem. He said, you've obeyed, but you haven't been willing. And Kenneth Hagin taught, he said, don't tell me it takes a long time to get willing. Don't tell me it takes a long time to change. He said, I, I changed in just moments. He, he said, I just made an adjustment down on the inside. He said, Lord, I'm willing. And that's what we did all those years ago. We departed from that bunch. You know, they obey God all day long, but they're not willing. They're not willing. Hallelujah. You know, I'm willing to, what, for whatever he's got for me, I'm willing. Hallelujah. And I'm immune to criticism. I've just decided that I'm not interested in what the trans crowd has to say about me. I'm just not interested in what the abortion people have to say about me. I am just not interested in what Lucifer has to say about me. Are you hearing me? And I don't know why the Lord's leading me away from my notes like this. There may be good people here this morning and you're thinking, well, I've sat in this church a while and, and how come I have not seen supernatural results? Well, maybe you need to make an adjustment way down on the inside. Because it's not just a matter of being obedient, brothers and sisters in the Lord. It's a matter of being willing. You have to be willing. Hallelujah. And the Bible specifically talks about the hundredfold return and says, and with them persecutions. You don't think you're going to get blessed by God and not be persecuted, do you? I said, you don't think you're going to get blessed by God and not be persecuted, do you? So you just have to get your mind right. That if you're going to walk with God, you might be like Isaac and you might draw the ire of the Philistines. But we don't care because walking in covenant with God is more important to us than what the Philistines have to say about us. Are you hearing me? Hallelujah. So it's not just rule following. And that's why we don't have, I don't know of any rules we have here. We're never checking the lengths of women's skirts. It's always about the women. That, any religion that has rules for women, they're weirdos. You know how long their hair is or you know, uh, how long their skirts are or whether they're wearing pants or not wearing pants and all of that stuff. We don't get into any of that. There's no power of God in rules. Amen. I said there's no power of God in rules. Amen. The power of God is in the word of God and the power of God is in the spirit of God. Amen. And if we'll follow the written word of God and if we'll follow the spirit of the living God, you're not going to get off course anyway. I said, you're not going to get off course anyway. Amen. Acts chapter 9 tells the story of, a con of the conversion of Saul of Tarsus and his subsequent healing from blindness, having been struck down by the Lord on the road to Damascus. Struck down by the Lord himself for persecuting the church. We won't go into that today because that's miracle number 53 and we'll get there later. But in Acts chapter 22, verses 12 and 13, when Paul recounts the event, look at what he says. Verse 12, a man named Ananias came to see me. He was a devout observer of the law and highly respected by all the Jews living there. He stood beside me and said, Brother Saul, receive your sight. And at that very moment, I was able to see him. Now there has not been enough emphasis on this. Look at the language. Brother Saul, receive your sight. Say it out loud. Brother Saul, Brother Saul receive, receive your sight. Your sight. 
And why is that so important? Because God has a part to play, but you and I also have a part to play. Ananias says, brother Saul. So now that Saul was a brother, now that Saul was a believer, he had a part to play. Ananias was exhorting him to take action on the words of Jesus, later dictated to Mark by Peter. Mark eleven twenty four. Therefore I say unto you, what things are you desire when you pray? Believe that you receive them, and ye shall have them. And Ananias said, Brother Saul, receive your healing. I don't know how many times I've laid hands on people, and it's like laying empty hands on an empty head. It is exactly the same feeling as when you take hold of a watermelon. There's absolutely no feeling whatsoever. I don't know how many times I've laid hands on people, and you can literally feel the power go out and into them and then bounce back. Say it out loud, God has a part to play, but I also have a part to play. And Ananias said, Brother Saul, receive your sight. And Jesus said, Therefore I say unto you what things serve you desire, when ye pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. Now for this year of 2023, our great and wonderful and gracious and loving Heavenly Father has got increase on his mind. We know this because the New Testament says, in Hebrews 6, 14, saying, Surely blessing I will bless thee, and multiplying I will multiply thee. That's not Old Testament, that's New Testament. Say it out loud, God's got increase on his mind. Say it again, God's got increase on his mind. Genesis 17, 1 and 2, When Abram was nine years old and nine, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am Almighty God, El Shaddai. Walk before me and be thou perfect, and I will make my covenant between me and thee, and will multiply thee exceedingly. That's where the author of Hebrews gets this in Hebrews 6.14. I am the Almighty God, I am El Shaddai, and I will multiply thee exceedingly. El Shaddai means the God who is more than enough. He doesn't just want you to have enough, he wants you to have more than enough. Our great God is the more than enough God, and God's will for your life is that you have more than enough. Not, not to just heap up and to use for yourself, but to be generous on every occasion. Not only that, God's provision for your life is more than enough. It is God's will that you have more than enough in this life. Our God is the more than enough God. He's, not, he's more than enough. He's not just enough, he's more than enough. I said he's not just enough, he's more than enough. So get your eyes off the need and get your eyes on the supply. And Jesus is his name. I said get your eyes off the need and get your eyes on the supply. Jesus is his name. And the word is his how-to manual. Mark eleven twenty-two to 24, And Jesus answering saith unto them, Have faith in God. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, <coughs> be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you what things shall you desire. Well, why would he teach that if it's wrong to have desires? You get around, you get around these rule makers and these rule followers, and they would lead you to believe it's wrong to have a desire. Well, that's ridiculous. Why would Jesus say 
what things soever you desire. How could it be wrong to have a desire if Jesus said, therefore I say unto you what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them. There it is again. Believe that you receive them and you shall have them. So whatever you need in 2023, as you stand in line, as we lay hands on you, do what Jesus said to do. Say that the desire of your heart for 2023 is coming to you and believe you receive. Believe you receive. Have faith in God. Believe you receive. Whatever the desire of your heart is, there could be somebody here and you, you want a child. Somebody in a long white coat said you can't have a child. Are you going to go by what man says? Or are you going to go by what God says? Somebody here might want to get out of the apartment, get into a house, but some mortgage broker said, said, ain't no way you're going to qualify. You're going to go by what some man says or you're going to go by what God says. I have never built anything in my life without somebody telling me that I could not, but I just didn't go by what man said. I went by the word of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is the challenge for the church between this day and the day of the parousia, the coming of the Lord, the rapture of the church. Stop going by what man says and start going by what God says. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Whatever you need in 2023, do what Jesus said do. Believe you receive when we lay hands on you. And as you stand in line, and as you pass through, and as you go back to your seat, and as you wait for the final prayer at the end of this service, and then on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday, do what that woman did in 1 Kings 17. She went and did. And what are we supposed to do? What are we supposed to went and do, Pastor? Psalm 37, 4, delight yourself in the Lord. And he will give you the desires of your heart. Not weep and may, uh, mourn and wail and cry and beg. You know, when you study the prayers in the New Testament, there's no prayer of begging. Delight yourself in the Lord. I'll tell you what, I think maybe this is the secret. Get the complaint out of your mouth. Delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. Hallelujah. You don't know what to do. Don't go to complaining. You don't know what to do. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord for what you want. Don't, don't talk about what you fear. Don't talk about what you dread. Don't talk about what you're worried about. Don't have any worries. Delight yourself in the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Let's bow our heads. You may be here this morning. You may be watching online, and you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord and the Savior of your life personally and individually. Jesus said in John chapter 3, you must be born again. He said in Revelation 3, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and fellowship with him and he with me. So it is a decision. It's not something that happens when you're christened as a child. It is a decision you make to repent of your sins, to turn from your sins, and to invite Father God to be the Lord of your life through the saving work of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
How many this morning have never prayed this kind of a prayer, but you want to be saved, you want to be born again, you want to give your life to God, you want to be forgiven of your sins? If that's you this morning, wherever you are, lift a hand up, lift it up high enough to where I can see it, we're going to pray. There may be others here this morning, there were, yes, yes, all right. There may be others here this morning, there was a time in your life you never, you prayed that prayer and you meant it when you prayed it. But over the passing of time, you've allowed your heart to backslide. You, you've gone back to the things of the world. You've gone back to the worldly habits. You gave up. Well, you're not lost. You're not undone. You're, you're, you're not hopeless because the word of God says in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You can make it right. While you have the breath of life in your lungs, you can make it right. How many this morning would say, Pastor, I'm backslidden, I'm undone, I'm not living for the Lord like I used to. But I don't want to remain in a backslidden condition, not another day. Pastor, pray for me. I want to recommit my life to God through the Lord Jesus Christ, and I want to live for Him from this day to my last day. If that's you, wherever you are, lift a hand up. Lift it up high enough to where I can see it. Thank you so much. Any others? Everybody in the room, let's stand. If you raise your hand for either invitation, I want you to take your belongings in hand especially the ladies, take your purse in hand. I don't want your mind on your stuff. Just grab your stuff and bring it with you. I want you to step boldly into the aisle and join me here at the front. You may be here this morning and you did not raise your hand, but God is dealing with you. God is drawing you. God is calling you. But you're welcome to come forward and to join us. We're going to pray. If you're watching online, you can join in this prayer and believe God for a change in your life. Give God your life. Hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. Everybody in the room, God bless you. Everybody in the room, let's bow our heads. Let's pray together with this one that has come forward and anybody watching online that might be joining in. Father God, time's gone by. I've gone my own way. I've done my own thing. I've lived for self. But I turn from that old way of living and I give up that old way of life. I repent of my sins. And Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask that you would forgive me. I believe in my heart. Father God, you raised Jesus from the dead. And I confess with my mouth, Jesus Christ is Lord. I thank you for not rejecting me, but for receiving me into your family and forgiving me in Jesus' holy name. And everybody in agreement said amen. Amen. God bless you so much. If you go with Mr. Jeff Hughes, we'll get you right back in the service as quick as we can. If you're watching online and you prayed that prayer to commit your life to God or to recommit your life to God, you can get in contact with us at fccarlington.com slash salvation. Let us know about your decision. We'd be happy to send you a copy of my book, God's Very Own Child, to be a blessing to you. Hallelujah. Say it out loud. Lift both hands. Say, Father God, these are the works of God. These are not the works of man. We just cooperate. So help me, show me, motivate me to cooperate more in 2023. Hallelujah.